Hi, and welcome to the Church Unlimited podcast. Church Unlimited is a vibrant, Bible-based church in North Lakes, Queensland, that is passionate about helping people discover the genuine love of Jesus. If you're currently looking for a home church, we would love for you to join us for Sunday worship. For more information about our Sunday service or to find out how we can best help you, head to our website at churchunlimited.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message from Sunday service. I got my own personal cheer squad over here. I'm getting wolf whistled. That hasn't happened since I met Paula. Come on. Hey, while you're up standing, I want to pray. I have a real sense of expectation in my spirit that God is depositing faith in our church to take territory, to take ground. And I I, I just want to, let me just envision you just for a minute. We're going to pray in just a moment. But God is doing something weird in our church. We have grown significantly in the last 12 months, but in the last three or four months, God has brought six new pastoral ministry couples into our church. I actually got a phone call from somebody from another church who lives in another city and said, James, we want to talk to you and Paula about what it looks like for us to become a part of Church Unlimited. Then I got the next day, I got a text message from another church in this Morton region saying, hey, we would like our board to sit down with your board to talk about what it looks like for us to become a Church Unlimited. And just so you know, those things may or may not happen. They may or may not happen. But it's no coincidence that we're in our Taking Ground series, in our season of breakthrough, and things are happening. And I don't want to get hung up on the specifics because God doesn't always do the specifics of what I think He's going to do. But I do believe that God is bringing us as a church into an expansion season. And He's bringing your family into an expansion season. And so I want to encourage you. Would you just lift your hands? Father, we agree with your word that says, I has not seen nor ear has heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things that you have already prepared. Lord, we ask you to teach us to see like you see. Open our eyes. Give us vision. Give us vision. I speak right now a release of vision. Vision for your marriage. Vision for your children. Vision for your finances. That you would see the purposes of God unfold in your life. Lord, open our ears. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And right now, I just speak an impartation of faith that as we open the word of God, I thank you right now for a download of faith that comes in our ears. Lord, there are so many complaints and negativity and calamity all around us. But let the voice of the Spirit cut through all the other white noise that we would hear your voice and know your leading. Lord, we ask you that your purposes would enter into our hearts. We thank you right now that you're awakening dreams in our hearts. Things that we can't even perceive. You're downloading and awakening new vision for our families, new vision for our future. We thank you, God, that you have so much more and you've already prepared it. We took communion this morning saying thank you for the cross. But that communion also released our inheritance. The cross released our inheritance. 
And so I speak right now an impartation of faith over our church. As we open the Word of God, I pray that faith would erupt in our spirits and that we would arise in Jesus' name as the people of God to apprehend everything you have for us. In your mighty name we pray, Jesus. Amen. 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 Come on, you receive it? You receive it? Come on. Grab your seats. I have to tell you right now, that church, and, and, and I am not a motivational preacher. Uh, this is not supposed to be a TED talk that tickles your ears. I'm not here to simply inform you each week. I'm hoping that you'll catch something in your spirit. You have to understand that when God speaks, He doesn't describe. He doesn't describe. Paula, can you stand up for a second? Paula's wearing a pink jacket. I say it's a pink jacket because it's a pink jacket. If God said it's a green jacket, it would instantly change color. Because when God speaks, He doesn't describe, He creates literally something out of nothing. It's so important that we understand like that because when God speaks in His Word, He's literally calling nothing into existence. Which I just think is mind-boggling. How do you get your little mind around the bigness of who God is? Except for impartation of faith. And so when we come to church, I'm not trying to open up a textbook and inform you with what it says. I'm praying that faith would enter your spirit and you would grab a hold of what God's Word says. And you would start to see it create supernaturally in your life because God has so much more than we realize. We are currently in our taking ground season. And I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I, I got something in me. There's something, there's a fire in me and I can feel it in the spirit that there is more that we need to apprehend over our lives. If you're here this morning and, and you've been wrestling depression, well, I'm here to tell you that our God is the God of joy. Our God is the God of joy. It says that the fruits of the Spirit are joy. And He gives the Spirit without measure. And so there is an unlimited flow of joy over you. Maybe you just feel like you're stuck. You're in a monotonous place. Maybe you're a bit boring right now. Okay, fine. God's got more joy to release in your situation. Maybe you're sitting here and you're feeling anxious. You're, I don't know. Well, it says that the fruit of the Spirit is peace, and He gives the Spirit without measure, which means there is an unlimited flow of peace available. There is more peace over your life, more peace over your family, more peace over the storms at work, more peace in Jesus' name. Maybe you're sitting here and you're feeling like, you know, I'm just, you know, I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm meandering. I'm, life's a bit treadmill monotonous. Well, there is more vision. God has more for you to see over your family. And I want to tell you right now, and we're already hearing stories of people who go, gee, it feels like all hell's breaking loose right now. It feels like people are getting sick and we're getting squeezed financially. And gee, just, man, we're just, and can I just tell you, when you start to step out, the enemy don't like it. And you will hear me often say, I am convinced that the devil is not attacking me but rather he is retaliating against me for the ground that I'm taking. 
And when I take responsibility for my own life and my own family and my own marriage and my own finances and the promises of God over my life, and I start to apprehend them by faith, the enemy's like, oh, who do you think you are? And if you're feeling pushback right now, good. You're going in the right direction. You're going in the right direction. Did you know that airplanes often take off into the resistance of the wind that is coming against them? When the wind comes against me this way, the plane starts to take off. It actually helps me to lift. And I'll pray right now over you, if you're feeling squeezed, that you would rise above the the muck and the yuck that the enemy would try to bring into your life. God has more, and we have a responsibility to arise and step into it in Jesus' name. We've been looking in Exodus at the word that God gave Moses. It's found in Exodus 33. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Depart and go up from there. Depart and go up from there. We understand in Scripture that Moses was the deliverer that God sent to deliver the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. And they went out of Egypt into the wilderness season. But we see here that God's saying it's time to go up out of the wilderness season that there is even more. And some of us, when we first get saved, it's like, yes, I've been delivered. I'm no longer in prison anymore. But we get stuck in this wasteland of no man's land. And God has so much more for our lives that we have to step into. It says depart and go up from here. His ways are always up. His ways are always higher than our ways. You and all the people who brought you out to to the land of Egypt. I love it. He says, yes to you, Moses, but also all the people. You have to understand, Paula and I are going up. And we hope you're coming with us. Church Unlimited is on the rise. We're going up. There is more over every family in our church. To the land which I swore to your forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to your descendants, saying, I will give it. Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey. I just believe that's what God's saying to us in this season. Come on, arise in faith. Arise, get up, get out of your muck, get out of your apathy, get out of your lethargy. Let's arise to take the promised land that I have already prepared for you. It's your inheritance. It's so important that we get vision for our lives that there's more. And I've had seasons where I've felt very stuck. Very, very like, what is going on, Lord? I, and, and, and there are wrestling seasons, but there's always spirit of faith in your heart that says, come on, I've got to apprehend more. Last Sunday, Paula brought just a brilliant sermon on taking ground through our praise. That we take ground through our praise. God said that there's a promised land for them. And the very first battle that they had was against Jericho. A a fortified, walled up, impregnable city. And, And God tells them that the key to taking ground is actually to march around it and shout praise. And we see that as they shout praise... The walls come down and God delivers them the city. This is what it says in Joshua 6. So the people shouted when the 
priests blew their trumpets. And it happened that when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and all the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. And the people went up into the city and every man straight before him and they took the city. I love that. That's awesome. The key to taking ground was their praise. It, all they did was praise. Now that's a little different than what I would think. I would think if we're going into battle, I would put the fighting soldiers at the front of the battle and the wimpy musicians at the back. Like I would think, all right, Quentin Geldenhus is definitely at the front. And Hayden Snow... Just, just over there, mate. I would think Chris Cherry right up the front. And Randall can hang out with Hayden. That's what I would think, right? You know, it's like, how are we going to go into battle with Kumbaya, my Lord? That's, that's, that's nothing. But that's not how God sees it. God says, I'm giving you this city. Shout in praise. And it says that when they shouted, the walls came down. This is such a key. We've got to understand, as we read this, we actually read that we don't take ground. We read that we receive ground that was actually already given. That the more, I don't go out and take it. It's actually through my praise and my eyes on God that the more is released to me. It actually takes more faith to praise in a storm than to go out and do. Now, I'm not saying that we sit on our hands. Faith and works, right? They go together. They go together. But in a situation that is a, seems like a fortified, walled up, situation, that's when we need to be praising. Now, I'm a bit of a snoopy pastor. And from time to time, I like to look around during the praise, look around during the worship. Now, don't judge me because Jesus actually looked at the offering. <laughs> I don't look at the offering. I just look at the praise. But, but I, I look around and it's inevitable that you see people standing in church like this. And, and can I tell you right now, sometimes we don't feel like it. Sometimes that's, that's, that just, that's not, I don't feel like that. I don't feel like praising, mate. Calm down. And, and what happens is we actually just think, well, I showed up, God, that's good enough. And I, I really struggle because if you are in the presence of God and everyone else is praising and you're not I suggest that your eyes are on the wrong thing. Your eyes are on your circumstances. Your eyes are on your coffee. Your eyes are on the frustrations you felt trying to get to church. Your eyes are on your wife who made you late to church. Your eyes are on some other thing at work. And your eyes are not on God. The moment you put your eyes on God, oh my goodness, I can't help but praise the moment I look and behold His glory, I can't help but open my mouth and declare His goodness in the land. Yes. 
Even when it's not good, when I put my eyes on him, I go, hey, he's always good. He's always true. He's always faithful. And this is what Joshua's been told. He said, Joshua, don't look at the walls. Don't get stuck on, 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 the, on the city that can't be broken down. Come on, let your shout of praise be to me. And I will give you the city. I'll hand it over to you. And that's exactly what we see happens. Nothing expresses faith like praise. I'm prophetically praising. Even before the walls come down, I'm declaring. Well, there's actually a second part of this that we see as the second key to Joshua taking ground. Or can I say receiving ground? And that is sacrificial giving. I want to continue in Joshua 6. It says, But it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early. And it was about the dawning of the day. And they marched around the city seven times in the same manner. And on that day they marched around it seven times. Sometimes you just got to keep marching, by the way. You haven't seen your breakthrough? Keep, keep marching. There's more ground to take. Just keep staying married. Just keep parenting. Just keep getting out of bed. Just keep coming to church. Just keep going to grow group. Just keep going. Just keep swimming. Just keep... All the Nemo fans out there. And the seventh time, it happened. When the priest blew the trumpet and Joshua said to the people, Shout for the Lord! has given you this city. Shout before the walls come down. So many people wait until the walls come down before they'll shout. But that's backwards. No, I shout prophetically at the glory of God and then I watch Him break through and release what He's doing in my life. The walls come down after I posture myself in faith to praise. And it says, now the city... Oh, I almost said that wrong. Mm. The city shall be doomed by the Lord to destruction, it and all who were in it. And only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all who are with her in her house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. And you, by all means, abstain from the accursed things, lest you become accursed when you take those accursed things. And make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. 19. But all the silver and gold and the vessels of bronze and iron are consecrated unto the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. Wow. Wow. They've just been delivered out of the wilderness. They're crossing over into the promised land. A land flowing with all the riches and the very first city that they come to, they are told that you inherit it by faith through the praise and by not receiving any of the spoils. Now, if I am a typical Hebrew man, I'm sitting here going, Joshua, this is stupid. We're going to march around the city and sing. And then the walls are going to come down 
And you're expecting me to like fully leave the whole entire city of gold to the Lord? And this is exactly the commandment of God. And we see that that is exactly what happens in Scripture. As they shout, the walls come down and they are told, do not touch the money. Make a sacrifice. It's actually in the sacrifice that you are making a statement that God is my provider and I am not. God is my deliverer. God is my inheritance and I am not my own inheritor. I receive, I don't take. And Jesus actually says in Matthew 6.33, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. He's literally saying, if you will sacrifice your kingdom and seek mine, and you will pursue my righteousness, I will sort out all the other stuff. Taking ground actually comes through sacrifice. It comes through surrender. It comes through yielding. It doesn't come through demanding. It doesn't come through manipulation or politicking. It comes from, from leaning into the Lord my God. Jesus goes on further in Matthew 16. He says to the disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. And whoever, does, whoever loses his life for my sake, whoever surrenders and sacrifices, he will find it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his own soul? Man, oh man, we get that backwards. We go out and we slave for the dollar. We work our hearts out for the dollar. We sacrifice our children for the dollar. The dollar is the God of Australia. Australians say that they're atheistic. Oh no. No, they worship money just like every other people group on the earth has worshipped money and, and they give everything they've got to get it. To get the house, to get the car, to get the boat, to get the superannuation, to get us set up. I've got to get my life set up. And God's saying, no mate, learn to sacrifice. In fact, Paul takes it even further. He says in Romans 12, I beg you, I beseech you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable act of service. Some versions even say your reasonable act of worship. What? You want me to, to give my whole life? Every, like a living sacrifice, like my whole life? That's unreasonable. That's unreasonable. He's telling me it's reasonable. I'm saying it's unreasonable. Until you understand what Christ did for me. Oh man, when I understand what Jesus did for me. When I understand the change that my life has had since coming to Jesus. I've been going with the Lord now for 23 years. And I look at how far I have come. I have come so far. And I look at what God has done. Oh Yes, 
My whole life is yours, Lord. Not just my 10%, not just my Sundays. Every area of my life, I will be a living sacrifice to you. We see right throughout Scripture that sacrifice has always released the more. Sacrifice has always released the more right throughout Scripture. Every time someone gave sacrificially, it released new ground. The Israelites sacrificed the spoils of Jericho and God released to them 30 other cities. Wow. They gave up the first one, but God gave to them 30, the spoils of 30 cities. That's pretty impressive. Uh, we see the Tishabite woman has an encounter with Elijah. And the Tishbite woman is, 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 is literally about to make her last bit of food. And it says specifically that she's going to eat that piece of food, her and her son, and they're going to die after they eat because they got nothing else. And the man of God, Elijah, comes up to her and says, give me a cake, just like the church, asking for my last dollar. And this woman is in her kitchen making her food and, and she says to herself, you know what? We're going to eat this and die or we're going to give him some and die. Either way, we're going to die. And she makes a choice in faith to give her last. And the Bible actually says that her bin of flour and her jar of oil does not run out during the famine as this woman made such a sacrifice. Her sacrificial giving didn't just save her family. It released incredible provision in such a tough time. The Israelites sacrificed so extravagantly that Moses had to tell them to stop giving when they were building the tabernacle. Imagine this. Imagine me coming to the church going, hey church, your advancement offerings, we need you to stop giving. We've got enough. We've got more buildings, more properties, more people. We've, got more. We've had too many souls saved. Could you, just, could you just calm down? Said no pastor ever in the history of ever. David sacrificed so extravagantly when he brought the Ark of the Covenant back into Israel that the favor of God came upon Jerusalem again. Every time we see sacrificial giving, something happens. The Israelites sacrificed so extravagantly when they built the temple that the presence of God fell and the priests couldn't even stand to minister. Imagine that. We've got conference coming up. Imagine the presence of God falling in such a way that, that we, we, we're literally just, we can't do anything because the presence of God is smashing us so much. I want to be in that kind of glory. I want to be in those environments. A little boy sacrificed his lunch and thousands were fed. In Acts 2, it says the people gave so much that the church was birthed and exploded. Every time we see sacrificial giving, we see New ground being taken. And it's so just like God to, to do things backwards. You want to put the fighting soldiers out the front? I say no, put the praisers out the front. Oh, you want to go in and take the territory? No, sacrifice the territory. 
Because I am the Lord your God. In fact, can I tell you that sacrifice, sacrificial giving is a major statement of faith. Sacrificial giving says, you are Lord and I am not. You are Lord and my money is not. My money will not control me. I think it's fine to have money. I don't think it's fine when money has me. And giving sacrificially breaks that and says, I will have no God but the Lord my God. Uh, Giving sacrificially is a major statement of kingdom. I'm saying your kingdom, not mine. In fact, we were giving in the advancement offering before we were able to buy our own house. And we were like, oh, do we give in the advancement offering or do we buy a house? And God said, hey, my kingdom first and then all these other things will be added unto you. And we will tell you the stories in just a moment, but we've had other things added to us. When I give sacrificially, it's a major statement of my heart. Where my treasure is, there my heart is. So many of us have our treasure tied up in four-wheel drives or camping gear or whatever. We, we, we buy all the, 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 you want to know where your heart is? Look at your credit card statement. Where you put your heart, sorry, where you put your money is a statement of your heart. And we give sacrificially, we're making a statement of provision that you are Jehovah Jireh. It's not James Jireh. It's not James the provider. It's the Lord my God who is my provider. I receive my inheritance that you have for me. And so it's no coincidence that God says praise and sacrifice as the two things for taking ground. Now this leads us to our advancement offering. We've been talking about it. We've been saying that this is coming up. And if you're new to our church, we take uh, every year at the end of August, we have a special offering above and beyond our normal tithes and offerings called our advancement offering. Because we want to keep putting ourselves in positions of faith to receive the more that God has in store for us as a church. Now, there's multiple different types of giving. The first one is tithing, which is my faith obedience. The Lord says that we are to give the first 10% of all of our income and return it back to the Lord to remember that He is the one who gives us the ability to get wealth. And Paula and I do that every week. We schedule and set aside the first 10% of all of our income and we give it back to Church Unlimited. That is our faith obedience. But then we have offerings. And offerings are faith generosity. There's moments just to be generous, to to give a family in need some money or to support a a compassion child. Or I just want to be generous. I just I want to be a generous man. And 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 so faith generosity is is something that I want to be. But then there is this other one. And this one is our advancement offering is faith sacrifice. When I really need it, I'm still going to give it. I've seen so many times in my life where God has come through for me. In fact, for us as a church, we have seen this church explode over the last six years as we have started to implement this faith offering, this advancement offering in our church. And let me say this, if you're visiting with us today, um, 
Oops. Sorry. Uh, This is something that we as a church get so excited about. And if you're visiting with us today, you're off the hook. Uh, We're not expecting you to participate in this. And and this is not necessarily a message to you specifically unless God says something. But for those of us that call Church Unlimited home, this is actually an incredible opportunity. This is not an obligation. Paula and I were talking about this on Friday night, right before date night. We're like, what are we going to do? How much are we going to give? And I wanted to give this. And Paula said, no, that's lame. That's what we did last year. Let's do this. And I was like, But God has brought our church on an incredible journey. We've seen so many people be able to buy a house. We've seen so many people have miracle children. We've seen so many people advance and take territory. In fact, we've got an incredible testimony from Pastor Brad about what God did in him and Carly last year through their advancement offering. Turn your eyes to the screens. Over the last two seasons of Breakthrough, God's done some amazing work in Carly and I's life. Uh, We're having a fantastic life, but God seems to keep pouring more blessing into that. Over the last two years, Carly and I have gone from me ministering to really us ministering as a couple together, uh, which has been an amazing prayer point that we were struggling with for so many years before that. Uh, At last season of Breakthrough, Carly and I decided to go big and we donated five figures. Uh, which was a stretch for us at the time. But what we've seen since that time is God's actually matched that twice. Uh, We've doubled that amount as a pay rise. uh, And it's looking like he's going to do the same thing again this year. So it's not just the financial blessings that God brings. Carly and I serving alongside has just done amazing things for our marriage as we get to participate in that. Uh, But financially, God's blessed us so that we can be a blessing as well. And God's also giving me favor at work and I'm now able to take some extra time and continue my studies. So God just continues to open doors um, and has really been a breakthrough in so many areas. As if finding a church where Carly and I can serve together in wasn't enough and seeing our daughters come to Christ wasn't enough, God continues to pour out blessing in every other area, including our finances. Uh, God's been able to bless us so that we can keep being a blessing to others. Uh, It really has been a season of breakthrough over these last two years. How good is that? Come on. The Austins are such a great family in our church, but their story is just one of many. We've seen so many new miracles released as people have sown. Now, the thing that you have to understand is that I am not buying my miracle. That's so important. I'm not giving in the offering to get God to do what I want. I'm not buying my promise. No, I'm living in a posture of sacrifice that says, hey, I submit and surrender to you. My ways will be your ways. I will yield to what you're doing in my life. Paula and I have seen God bring us into new ground time and time and time again. In 2004, we were given the opportunity to give an advancement offering. And God spoke to us very clearly that we were to empty out our whole entire bank account. And I remember thinking, this is crazy. And on the first night, we gave $300. And I was like, yep, we're in. And I just knew that that wasn't enough. And the second night, we gave $500. We're like, okay, God, all right, we're in. We're $800 in. And on the third night of the offering, God said to us, are you going to obey me? Or are you going to do what you think is right? 
And we were like, this is the first time for me. Paul is a regular faith giver. I'm, I was new to this at the time. And we cleared our whole bank account and gave. Well, that year, God opened an incredible door, an incredible opportunity for us to start to step into our ministry call. And I became a junior pastor at my church and started to, I had a job and, and started to get into ministry. And I didn't know, but God was awakening my calling and my purpose. In 2005, we gave an advancement offering and, and God released to us for the first time ever, we were able to buy a home on Paradise Street. Ooh. It was a good house. It was paradise. In fact, when we sold it, we made a ton of money. It was great. God blessed us. Now, on that note, if you have the opportunity to buy a house on Payne Street, don't. We lost all that money and more on our house in Payne Street. But we've seen God advance us. In 2009, we gave an advancement offering and God brought us to Calvary Church where God was going to unfold our next 10 years where we were able to plant churches and our call to lead really started to arise to the forefront of our ministry. In 2017, we gave in the advancement offering in our old church and God brought us to this church. And I didn't know that. I thought we were sowing into the old church and God actually was having us sow an advancement offering that led us to become the senior pastors here at Church Unlimited. God was expanding us and enlarging us. I had no idea. In 2019, we gave an advancement offering, and God broke us out of debt supernaturally and released to us our dream house. We put in exactly zero dollars of our own money, and God literally delivered this whole house into our situation. It was unbelievable. I'll never forget that. In 2020... We gave an advancement offering, and God gave us this building, which has resulted in our church exploding. It, I, what God has done in our church is supernatural. It's unbelievable, and this is only just the beginning. We're going upward and onward to a suburb near you. <laughs> in 2021, last year, no, two years ago, we gave the advancement offering and God has brought us into significant increase in our personal income. In fact, we've been married for 20 years and up until this point, we were pretty much poor for the first 18 years of our marriage. Can I tell you, if you're struggling, if you're in a season of lack, we know your pain. We've been there. We've wrestled that through. And we felt to give in the offering even in our situation of lack. And we felt to go anyway and God expanded us and, and brought us into a new season financially, personally. Last year, we gave in the advancement offering. And God gave us $40,000 cash to go to the United States on this, this dream trip that we had been, we'd actually been sacrificing the trip over and over and over. But finally, God brought us into that. Can I tell you, every time we have given sacrificially, God has increased us. He has increased our church, but he's increased the Hensleys. We are increasing as we continue to lean into God. And every year, Paula and I get excited. And, and I don't mean to Skype, but we are in the upper of the givers in our church. We're not in the upper of the earners in our church, but we're in the upper of the givers. 
And, and yes, it's my job, and yes, I work here, but we have seen God do this in us so much. We can't help ourselves. We just want to be involved with what God's doing when it comes to advancement offering time. Uh, last year, we received about $450,000 in pledges for our, our offering, for the advancement offering. And to date, we've seen $375,000 come in. $375,000 has come into the church above and beyond the tithes and offerings. This is truly ridic it's ridiculous, guys. Don't stop. Last year, we announced that we were preparing for our next season of taking ground as a church. One of our faith goals for taking ground was to launch a community initiative that would practically reach unchurched families in our community. Pastor Joanna James had a burden and started the concept of this idea called Strong Families. I remember talking about it last year going, come on, it's, there's an idea. Well, we have since received $210,000 of grants to help us fund and run our Strong Families projects. And we're just believing that that's just beginning. You've also heard me talking about expansion. We are committed to putting churches all over the north side of Brisbane. I read an article one time that told me, if you want to be a real influencer in your community, you need to have at least 10% of the influence. Well, in the grocery industry, I would say Kohl's probably has at least 10% of the influence in the grocery industry. I would say they have more than 10%. In the football industry in Brisbane, in the NRL, the Brisbane Broncos probably have 10%. They're very influential in that industry. In the AFL, it would be the Brisbane Lions. And, and, and yes, we, we have other clubs trying to come up, but they're actually trying to take share off of the, the other clubs. Well, we've learned if there's 10%, for us as the church to be a real player in our community, we actually need to have 10% in church. 10% of Brisbane in church? Are you kidding? Of the five LGAs? I don't know. Let's guess. What is it? Three and a half million people? That means 350,000 people worshiping in church? I really felt that burden, and I was like, God, how could we do that? How could we do that, God? And, and I was praying, and I felt the Lord say to me, just imagine Morton. Morton City has 500, 600,000 people in it, and it's growing by the minute. Imagine if we had 50 or 60,000 people in church in the Morton region. I'll tell you right now, we do not. We do not. Our church would, would be one of the larger churches, and we probably have 1,300 a part of our church. Hope Center is a pretty big church. City Point is a pretty big church. There's some big Catholic churches around. But we don't have 60,000 people in church. And as a church, I said, you know what? If we could just, if we get trying to get to 10,000, what if we were just, sorry, 10%, what if we were just 1%? What if Church Unlimited was just 1%? It's like, man, we would need 6,000 people in church, right? Well, you're not going to fit them in here. And so God was speaking to me about how we need to keep expanding, 
keep taking territory. In fact, when God gave them Jericho, it then says they went to the next city and to the next city. And God gave them cities to the north, cities to the south, cities to the west, cities to the east. And they took 31 cities. And my prayer is, God, would you give us ground on the north side of Brisbane? I've got a real burden in my spirit from Bribey Island to the north side of the Brown Snake, the Brisbane River. I don't care about Logan. That's somebody else's problem. <laughs> right? Ipswich, that's total. That's Phil Kennedy's problem. That's somebody else's problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the north side of Brisbane, I believe, from the river right the way up that, to, to Bribey, Sunshine Coast, yeah, maybe one day. But I just sense God's doing something with us. And could we take ground? And, and you know, it's funny. I'm like, God, you brought all these people into our church. You brought all these pastors. You got people calling me saying, hey, we want to talk about our future with Church Unlimited. What are you doing, God? I can see God has got us. It's almost like we're a bit swollen. Look at the foyer in between services. It's chaos, right? Try to find a park outside. That's chaos. We're a bit swollen at the moment, but I just believe that God is going to send out of our church, probably you, to take ground. And so we're believing. We want to take ground in Burpengary and Morayfield and Albany Creek and the new suburb of Caboolture West. I want to buy land out there. I'd love to secure. We're talking as a board, man. Wouldn't it be amazing if we could find 15 or 20 acres out there where they're building a whole new city? Caboolture West, Strathpine and Bray Park, Redcliffe. Did you know that there are 65,000 people that live in Redcliffe? That peninsula? That's a lot of people. They need churches, man. Or Bracken Ridge, Aspley. I'm just believing, God, would you, would, you, would, you, would you release territory to us, Lord? Would you release leaders? And not just leaders. We need more drummers. We need more wimpy guitar players. We need spirit fingers. We need everything. We need all... We need kids pastors and kids workers and we need more people saying, yes, I will advance the kingdom. I'm called to take ground. The last thing we said we wanted to do was buy this building. And yes, it was a miracle that we got into this building, but, but the miracle is not that we could lease or rent. I feel like that just got our foot in the door. We're believing God that we need to possess this property. In fact, I just have a sense that when we buy this place, it's going to create a domino effect. And, and just God is just going to keep releasing to us new properties and new opportunities. And, and I just sense that we need to keep taking ground as a church. We don't want to just take this place. We want to put in a rigid-ditch bathroom situation. The bathrooms here are less than desirable. We want to expand the kids' space. We want to increase this place. Now, out of our last year's offering, we've been able to put aside 200000 for our deposit. We actually have more in savings than that, but that's responsible savings for, you know, and just in case savings. You've got to have, we have three months of savings in place. We're not touching that. We've got 200 that's our deposit. And we're believing that God would just keep adding to us and advancing us and keep expanding us until we could sit down and and, and, and talk to the owner. In fact, we're going to make a conversation with the owner, um, uh, Robert and Tina Van Kyle. Be praying for them, by the way. Robert and Tina. And, and we're, going to, we're probably going to sit down with them in October and say, hey, this is our situation. We want to buy this place. Would you sell it to us? 
And I was in prayer the other day, and I, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me that he's already preparing them. I was just like, oh, he's already preparing them. Of course he is. Of course he is. Of course, yeah, of course he is, Brad. Of course, of course he is. God is already on the move. He's on the move, and I don't know it. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I can't feel it, you're working. God is on the move. And so I want to talk to us for a second about our advancement offering. Because I actually believe that this year's advancement offering is going to be a significant one for us as a church as we just keep pressing towards the ground that God has for us to take. But can I just say right up front, this is an opportunity. This is not an obligation. And if you're sitting here and you're feeling like, oh, I don't know. Well, be excused. I don't need anything from you. In fact, my goals, my heart, is I open the Word of God and I talk about what God's Word says. And then the very next thing I do is I talk about what Paula and I do. And I want to invite you to come on that journey with us at your level, where God has your family. But I know that for the Hensleys, God's got more ground for us to take. And for us, that means being involved with this. And so our advancement offering is a significant time for us as a church as we believe to give above and beyond our regular tithes and offerings. This is not in place of our tithes and offerings. This is above and beyond. And so for Paula and I, we, we want to invite you. This is what we do. We, we, we go, in fact, why don't you get it out? It's tucked away in, in the vision booklet on your... By the way, those vision booklets are awesome for you. They're awesome for a friend or they're awesome to sit on one of your coffee tables at home. Or It's just a great place. But this is, this is what we do. Number one, we pray about it and we go, God, how would you have me respond? How would you have me respond? It's quite simple. It's not, not what James and Paula are doing or not what, not what they're doing over there. It's what God would you have me be doing? And you know, it's funny as we were praying and I told you before, I kind of felt maybe we'll do what we did last year. You know, we did 15 grand last year. And I was like, oh, yeah, we should, we should just do that again. That's a good. And Paula said, oh, ye of little faith. And I was like, and as she said it, I actually, I didn't hear her voice. I actually felt the voice of the Holy Spirit saying, come on, James. And so we've got to pray again. And can I just say, as in prayer, husbands and wives should be on the same page. And if you're not on the same page, then one of you is going to have to submit to the other. In my case, I'm going to have to go to Paula's level. I just know that that's where God's calling us. But if you can't be in agreement or, or one of you feels very strongly about it, can I encourage you? It's okay to submit lower. We've had people say, I want to give 15 grand and my wife wants to give two. And I said, well, honor your wife. Honor your wife and take her on the journey. Because she might not be or he might not be where you're at. And that's okay. Everybody is in their own individual place. But I would encourage you as a couple to be on the same page. Then we commit to it. Now, let me explain to you what it means to commit to it. Because, you know, for us, 15 grand, it was like, gee, where is that? How are we going to do that, Lord? And for us, 
The first five we actually had in savings. So we were ready to give that. We we're like, I'm good to give five. That's a sacrifice. But then we were like, actually, I reckon over 12 months we could do more than five. I reckon, let's look at our budget and what fat could we trim out of it that we could sacrifice. And we were able to sacrifice another five in our budget at $100 a week. There's 10. And the last third, we were like, well, we don't know how we're going to do this. We don't have the money. We don't know where it's going to come from. But we actually prayed and we said, Lord, we will give away 50% of every additional income that comes in above and beyond our wages. So we have our budget set on our wages. And that's where we said we could give 100 bucks a week. But we said, God, of every other thing, whether it's a bonus or, a, or money that we inherit or, or a side hustle or a second job or whatever it is, we'll give away 50% of that income, Lord, until we make up that last five. And this coming week, actually, we're able to finish off our last two and a half thousand. I didn't have it until this week. In fact, it's a total... In fact, we went to America, came back from America, debt-free, nothing on the credit card, and... We're going to fulfill our miracle offering this week, right before we do it again next week. <laughs> Nothing like the last minute, Lord. But we're, we're just like, all right, we're going to commit to it. Now, what does committing to it look like? It looks like filling out one of the cards. And filling out one of the cards, my name, why do we put our name on it? Well, it helps us to know that it's sincere and not, you know, a funny kid saying, I'm going to give a million dollars, anonymous. Sounds like something one of my kids might do. Oh, Dan, there's a million dollars. It doesn't have a name on it. When I put my name on it, it's like, all right, I, I'm going to put my name on it. Now, some people are like, oh, well, you know, the Bible says that my giving should be in secret. No, it doesn't. It doesn't say that at all. It says that your giving to the poor should be done in secret so that you don't embarrass the poor. It's like if Chris was in a hard situation and I gave him $500 and then I went around saying, hey everybody, I helped Chris this week. He was broke, but I gave him $500. Aren't I awesome? People would be like, ew, yuck. No, when we give to the poor, we give to the poor in secret. That's what Jesus teaches us. But for us as a church, we put our name on it and we make a commitment to it for two reasons. One, it's a statement for Paula and I that we know what we're going after. And two, it's a statement to our church to help us to know where we collectively are possibly headed. Okay, and that's really important. And so then we write down our, our pledge, and this is how it works. The offering I'm giving today, I think we'll probably have about five grand to give next Sunday. Okay, that's good. That's a good start. So we're going to write down five grand here. But over the 12 months, we know we can do way more than five grand. So we got to get that number from God. And we will write the balance. How much extra can we give over 12 months? And then down here, it's my total offering, which is part A plus part B. Does that make sense? That's how we do this. And so our total offering is what we can give on the day and over the next 12 months that we're believing God to give. And that's how we do things at our church. Then we mark the little online transfer thing because that's easiest. Um, some people like to give via cash or via credit card, and those facilities are also available. Then the, third, the, the fourth thing we do is we believe God for return on investment. 
What does he say in Luke 6.38? He says, give and it will be given unto you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I'm telling you, as you listen to Pastor Brad share the Austin story, he said last year he gave five figures and God doubled him in return. That's unbelievable. Last year we gave our, our biggest ever offering and God returned to us out of the blue, things that I literally, it's not like I had irons in the fire waiting. No, these things totally caught us off guard and God supernaturally increased us. And I want to encourage you, we don't just give and then forget about it. No, we go, God, I've got, I've got my seed in the ground and I'm believing you for return on harvest. I'm believing you in faith, God. I'm not buying a miracle, but I'm expressing faith that my son would come home to Jesus or that we would be able to fall pregnant or that we would be able to buy a house or whatever the, the taking ground card has on it. Those are the things we're believing for. Now, I'm not buying those things. I just I want to say that 15 times because we're not buying those things, but we're posturing ourselves in faith to receive. And then it says, serve the Lord with gladness. Just get about life and be joyful about it. If you're feeling obligated, if you're feeling like you've got a grumbly offering, keep it. We don't want your grumbly offering. No, you think I'm joking. If you're like, oh, the pastor, he's after my money again. and oh, I've got to feel obliged to give, honey. What do you think we should do? I'd say nothing. Don't do anything. I don't want your grumbly offering. No, this is an opportunity to express faith. God loves a cheerful giver. And I want to posture myself in an opportunity, not in an obligation. God doesn't do anything in obligation. He creates opportunity. And so we serve the Lord with gladness. I want to land with this. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 9, he says that he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, may he supply and multiply the seed that you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness so that you will be enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. I love that. That's about money. That God gives seed to the sower. He doesn't give seed to the spender. He doesn't give seed to the saver. He gives seed to the sower that as I sow, there's a, a return on the seed that I've put in the ground. And I really just pray that over us. Come on, would you stand to your feet? In fact, as you stand, would you grab your offering card in your hand? Just grab your offering card in your hand. I want to pray. Father, we thank you that every time we express faith, that it pleases you and, it and you respond to it. God, I thank you that you speak. As you spoke to Joshua to praise, and you spoke to the Israelites to sacrifice, you will speak to each one of us as to what we're supposed to do. Right now, I break off every bit of obligation or condemnation. We don't see this as, a, as an obligation, God. We say it's our opportunity to express faith for the advancement of the kingdom of God in our lives and in our great church. And Lord, I just speak right now over every family. Peace, clarity, unity, 
I thank you, God, that we're going to be on the same page and we're going to express faith together. And God, I thank you for increase. We can trust you at your word. You are the Lord, our God. It is you that we bend the knee to. You are our provider. You are the one that brings us into new territory. And we are simply the recipients of your goodness and your kindness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. There's one thing I want to do before we go. And I know we're a little over time. And, but we always do in every service. We provide people an opportunity who are not yet right with God to get right with God. Maybe you're here today and you're like, James, I don't know Jesus as my Lord. In fact, I've had a lot of other gods. I've had work has been a God. Relationships have been a God. Children have been a God. Money has been a God. But I need to make Jesus my Lord. I need to receive his forgiveness and know his mercy. And if you're here today and you would say, James, I need to do business with God today. I cannot leave this meeting without doing that. I'd love the opportunity to pray with you. And maybe we could just bow our heads and close our eyes just for a moment. If that's you and you're saying, James, I need to pray. I need to, I need to surrender my life to Jesus. I need to invite him into my life. If that's you and you want to be included in this moment of prayer, would you give me a little wave? I'll see your hand and then you can put it back down again. I don't want to embarrass anybody this morning, but I do want to give you that opportunity. Please don't leave the same way you came in. Is there one this morning that would say, James, I need to do that? Okay. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. We trust you. We ask you that something would be deposited in our hearts today. And we give you the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We pray that you and your family are richly blessed by the love and grace of Jesus. If you're ever in the area, we would love for you to join us for Sunday worship. 